when I was over in the Holy Land, I had the chance to go to a town called Tabga. And it's this little town beside the Sea of Galilee. And in Tabga, there's a church that was built to commemorate what we just read in this morning's gospel, the multiplication of the loaves and the fish. And this church was built in the fourth century. And in the center of the church, imagine we have the altar here like our altar. Right underneath the altar, there's this huge stone that's coming up out of the floor. Now, there's a lot of debate as to whether or not this is truly the place where Jesus multiplied the loaves. But what we do have is that from the fourth century, Christians had honored this place and this rock, this stone, as the stone where Jesus placed the five loaves and the two fish. Again, as I said, we don't know for sure. Uh, it's possible when you think, well, such an amazing miracle the early Christians would have remembered. But what's not important, it's not important whether or not this is the exact location or not. What it provided for me was an opportunity to reflect on this amazing miracle. But what's interesting is that as I walked up closer to the altar to look at this stone that tradition has it is where Jesus placed the five loaves and the two fish, there was a mosaic from the fourth century on the ground in front of that stone. And the mosaic had the loaves and the fish. But what I found interesting is as I got closer, there were the two fish, and instead of five loaves, the mosaic had four. For our smaller people here this morning, a mosaic is like a painting. And they use little pieces of stone or tile that are different colors, and they put them all together, and it makes what looks like a beautiful painting. So this mosaic has two fish and four loaves not five. I wondered why. If you remember last weekend, we had the gospel passage where Jesus is talking about the kingdom of God and he's giving us different parables. And one of the parables was the kingdom of God is like a man who sells everything he has and he buys this field that contains a treasure. And I pointed out how the first reading in the gospel go hand in hand, and Solomon is asking for a listening heart. And so we can make the connection between the field that we are called to purchase in order to have the treasure, which is the kingdom of God, is a heart that listens. The first reading in the gospel were about listening, a listening heart, a heart that listens to God. And what's interesting is we see that this weekend's readings piggyback on last weekend. What did we hear in the first reading? Come, come, come heedfully. What does it mean to heed? To heed something means to listen, pay attention to. Come, come heedfully and you will eat abundantly. Heed what I am saying to you. Listen to me. Come and listen and you will live. We heard it repeated over and over in our first reading and even in our psalm today that was sung. Come, come, listen, heed, listen. And so since our first readings always connected to the gospel, 
what is it that we're supposed to listen to? What does Jesus say? And this is important because we're not just reflecting on a text. The reason we read these readings is so that we can relive what the disciples lived. It's so that we can hear Jesus' words. It's so that we can do what Jesus asked us to do. It's not just, oh yeah, that's what the disciples did. Oh, that's interesting. No! We read these readings so that I can listen to Jesus, so that I can put into effect what Jesus is saying. What does Jesus say in today's gospel? Give them food yourselves. We have over 5,000 people, probably closer to 10,000 plus people. Think about it. Over 10,000 people are in this place, and these people are hungry. They've been following Jesus all day. They are hungry, and Jesus turns to the disciples and says to the disciples, you feed them. My dear brothers and sisters, I don't think there's anyone in this church this morning that can say there are not people who are hungry. And I'm not speaking simply about food. How many are hungry for meaning in their lives? How many go to every day and come home and are hungry for meaning in their work? How many mothers go through sacrifice day in and day out and are hungry for that recognition? Hungry for love from their children and from their spouse? How many spouses are hungry for their spouse to satisfy them? How many children are hungry for attention from their father? How many are hungry for attention from their mother? We look at the world around us, and there are people who are starving. And we look and we say, isn't it so sad? Isn't it terrible? And yet we have to listen to Jesus, and he says, give them food yourselves. Jesus easily could have fed them. Come on. He's the Son of God. God created the universe. Jesus could have said, boom, Big Macs, fries, Coke for everyone. He could have been 2,000 years ahead of his time, fed them all. Why does Jesus not feed them? Why today do we look around at so many people who are hungry, not in a material sense, but in a much deeper sense, and we look around and we come here on Sunday and we cry out to God and we say, God, why don't you do something? Why are you letting this world starve? It's because we don't listen. We complain because we don't listen. We shrug our shoulders because we don't listen. Jesus says, give them food yourselves. But he doesn't just leave us there with, come on, give them food yourselves. And the disciples are like, what? All right, what are we going to do? Just start like going through everyone's salary and buying bread for everyone? No, Jesus says, give me everything you have five loaves, and two fish. They didn't give Jesus some of what they had. 
They came to Jesus and they said, Lord, all we have are five loaves and two fish. That's everything we have. That is, that's the food we were going to eat. It was mine. I worked for that. It's mine. And Jesus says, give it to me. Give me everything you have. And then I'll give it back to you. And the thousands will be fed. If we look around and see this world that is hungry, quite possibly, it's because we're not listening and we haven't given everything that we have to Jesus Christ. Not what we wish we had. Not who we wish we were. Give Jesus who you are and what you have. How many times we're like, oh, I don't have the gift of counseling. I don't have the gift to help that person. This person's grieving. This person's, I better not say anything. I just don't have those gifts. Jesus is saying, give me what you have. Don't wish you were someone else. Don't wish you had something else to give. Give me what you have, all of it. Why did the mosaic have only four fish? We know Jesus took five, and the mosaic only has four. Well, I went up and I asked my tour guide, I said, hey, I just found it interesting how the mosaic on the floor, this is the multiplication of the loaves, or five loaves, there's only four in that mosaic. And this is what he responded. The fifth loaf is on the altar. These early Christians, from the time of the fourth century and quite possibly before, think about it, in the 300s, they understood the deeper meaning of the offertory at Mass. You know, that moment when families bring down the bread and wine, they come from the back of the church and they bring it up to the altar, and we all just sit there, right? And we watch the family go up and we think, oh, that's nice, that's a cute family today. Right? How many of us have had that experience? Like, oh, look at those kids. Those kids are so adorable. Right? And they walk up and they bring up the gifts and we put them on the altar and we're there like, oh my gosh, okay, can't wait for the Eucharistic prayer to start because then it's communion and then we're done. We've missed an important part of the Mass. That fifth loaf is going to the altar. That is, at that moment, I'm supposed to be taking everything that I am, everything that I have, my crosses, my victories, my worries, my sorrows, my everything, and I'm supposed to be bringing it with that family to the altar, the fifth loaf. That's where we need to start if we're going to feed those thousands. Today, bring who you are, bring what you have to the altar so that our Lord can feed the thousands, so that he can give that back to you, and you in your home, you in your workplace, you in that circle of people that you know can feed them. My dear brothers and sisters, that's why the priest says, right after the offertory, pray, my brothers and sisters, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to Almighty God.